What is going on, everyone? It's Adam Enveed, your host of the Another Hole in the Wall Sports Podcast. Here to you today to talk about a few things, mainly in the NBA and the MLB. Um, we're just going to get right into it, talk about the East uh, race. Mainly, this is concerning the teams in the 4-10 spot because we all expect the um, Nets, obviously, the Sixers, and the Bucks to hold the 1-3. Speaking of which, KD is returning for the Nets today. He will be coming off the bench. Uh, you know, had to take, he's going to be, he's a little late, has to respond to uh, Michael Rappaport a couple more times, so they're giving him the bench minutes, so he could have a couple more minutes from that. Anyway, let's just get into talking about the 4 through 10 teams. <laughs> Read like that one. Um, and I guess I'll start by talking about the Celtics. Um, pretty simply put, they aren't very good. Romeo Langford is starting today, guys. Romeo Langford. They lost... Not horribly by 10 to the Sixers last night. Um, so a loss to the Sixers last night. One, you can't really almost expect them to win at this point because, simply put, they are not as good as the Sixers. I mean, uh, Reed, what were your initial thoughts from that game last night? Um, simply put, Ben Simmons has never lost to Kemba Walker in his career. So I mean, he's not good, so... <laughs> um, this was a game I, I watched a lot of the first half, missed the, basically the entire third quarter, watched the end. Um, I was flipping back and forth between the Phillies and the Sixers. Um, now, of course, ne- neither one is on tonight, but Phillies had a day game and the Sixers are off, so. Can't um, read. Um, that is what it is, I guess, but, um, I mean, the Celtics don't have a person, they don't have anyone to even try and slow and beat down a little bit. Um, one of his Disrespectful to Taco injury. Fall, but okay. I mean, anytime you have more points than minutes played, I would say you don't have an answer. So, um, <laughs> that's all I really have to say about that game. Danny Green was incredible last night, too. Um, and him hitting shots for this team is huge. I think he's nearly up to 40% on the year, which uh, is a great sign. Um, I'm really excited for the, the Sixers stretch run here. Um, I know you're really excited about the Celtics as well, so... Um, yeah, luckily I mentioned this was a segment on the teams 4 to 10 in the East, just for a read to brag about the Sixers, but I guess I'll give my thoughts on the Celtics now. Well, uh, you asked me about the game last night, and there's not many positives to bring up about the Celtics. Oh, and I'll get into that. Um, Simply put, <laughs> Kemba Walker is terrible. He cannot play, dude. He simply... I-, I cannot tell you the last time he had more points than shots. I simply can't. And then a team like the Sixers, who are really good defensively, they put have no choice but to put all their attention to Tatum. And then, other than Jalen, there's just no scoring on this team because people complain that the team's ISO heavy. Who the hell do you want them to pass it to in the corner? Who? <laughs> Grant Williams. Yeah. It didn't help that Fournier didn't play last night because he's been really good for them uh, ever since that first game. And obviously, Robert Williams got in serious foul trouble. And the motley crew of centers we have to try without Tristan, who's luckily back tonight, trying to even slow down a beat wasn't Mo Wagner got about four minutes, then he was done. Luke Cornette I mean the first the first play Luke Cornette came in it was on a free throw and he ended up falling out of bounds trying to box out and beat. You could probably argue that Taco Fall did the best guard jot, guarding and beat of the three. I was I don't know how that's possible. Yeah, um, yeah, this Celtics team, um, it doesn't seem like they got 
the juice. Um, they they just they just don't have the it factor. I don't know how else to say, or what else. The Celtics have two best. I would say two. That's, that's. I would say the Celtics have two to four actual basketball players, and the rest of the guys are just there to collect some money. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, this is a team that's going to be limping into the playoffs, um, and and more than likely, as it is now, going to have to play in that new uh, whatever it's called, the tournament or whatever for the last the, the seven last to four. ten playing series. Yeah, the play-in games, I guess. That's what it's called, yeah. And we ain't being any one of those top three teams in the playoffs. But we'll get on to the other teams. Um, So going down four through ten right now, um, we have obviously the Hawks four. Kind of surprising, but they've been incredible since they've hired their head coach. Hornets five, Heat six, Knicks seven, Celtics uh, eight. Knicks and uh, Celtics are tied and playing tonight to get to... Winner will get back to 500. Pacers, Bulls, and then I guess you could say the Raptors are one game under the Bulls. But really, um, even the Pacers are a few games back of the Celtics and Knicks right now. So it's more about this 4-8 to eight race. But there's not a lot of separation at all right now. Yeah, the, the East standings are really weird. Um, you really only have three teams, like you mentioned. And then it's, it's kind of a cluster for the next handful uh five six mm. spots um that could change on any given night um i think some of these teams like you said the hawks have been really good since they um, made the coaching change um sometimes i think a coaching change isn't necessarily the reason why a team gets starts playing better but it's kind of like a wake-up call to the team that like i uh, like the owners and the gms they're serious and we're not playing good enough and that could be us next if we don't pick it up. Um, so, I mean, maybe the coach made the difference, but I think sometimes in that situation, it just, like, serves as a wake-up call and kind of, like, motivates the team a little bit, too. Um, the Heat are a team that I think is probably, I would say, the favorite for that four spot. Um, obviously, had a ton of COVID issues in the beginning of the season and didn't have a lot of their guys. Um, when they're fully healthy, I think they're probably the best of this group, I would say. Um yeah. And I'll say for the Hornets, I wouldn't be able to expect them to hold this spot much longer, given all the injuries they've had. They're a really good team with a lot of good players, but without Gordon Hayward, without Malik Monk, who's been really good this year, and obviously without potential Rookie of the Year, Lamelo Ball, I mean, you just can't really expect them this to hold their standing right now to hold up much longer, I think. Um, Simply yeah. put... Yeah. In terms of all-star talent, the Celtics and Heat just have the most of it simply, so you should expect them to end up 4-5, and five. but obviously there's been a lot of issues with both teams this year. Um, and then look I would at, say the Pacers maybe even in that group too, but they're even a little that's bit the, further back than Yeah, I was about to mention, the they've teams. just been an absolute mess this year. A team I didn't actually have to be in the initial eight, I think, but they've been even worse than I expected. Um, they started out the season playing really well, and there's been quite bad ever since and as we know almost made some trades for some of their big guys at the deadline um i don't really expect the bulls or i mean the bulls can make a bit of a push to get to the eight seed i see with uh the new additions raptors it's possible i guess i just don't see it really happening with the number of injuries they've had this year and just siakam has been bad and etc um 
I would have to imagine the Heat make a push. I think it's possible the Celtics make a push if they can stay on the court. Um, but that hasn't really been the case this year. And then the Knicks, I kind of think this is just about where they belong. I think they obviously have A also with Randall, who's been very good this year. But just sometimes um, they have a hard time scoring. Sometimes Randall's, Randall's shot selection, like, on if you're watching it, like, doesn't look great. But he hits them pretty consistently, so... I think this is about where they should be. Um, some of the supporting cast isn't great there either. So what I would really expect is the Hawks will probably remain out here. The Heat should rise a little. Hornets will fall a little. And I, I can hope the Celtics will rise a little But I, if they're healthy. But if not, there's just not much they can do, I think. Yeah, um, the Knicks, like you mentioned, um, looking like a team that's going to make the playoffs in some format, whether it be... Um, that little um, playoff, whatever it's called, play-in game, or um, in some capacity. Um, right. A team that hasn't been here in a long time, so good for them. But um, uh, the way they're using their players and their minutes, um, I don't think is – I mean, I, we can make a whole episode talking about this, but the, the way they like distribute their minutes makes no sense to me. Um, guys like Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, guys who – I mean, guys who are supposed to be the future of this team get like 10 minutes a game usually. Yeah. Uh, in Obi's case, sometimes even less. Um, and then you have Kevin, guys like Kevin Knox and Frank Nandolakino who don't play. great, but I'd rather see them on the court than Taj Gibson. Um, I mean, it's just... It, and I mean, Alfred it's Payton. for them to make the playoffs, but I think long-term, maybe this doesn't even help because they're not playing the guys who they hoped would be the guys leading them to the playoffs. They're barely even getting minutes. And not only um, are they not playing them, but they've made some trades to even push away them. And that's, for example, Derrick Rose being acquired. Um, yeah, what I'll say about that is, and like we've said, we discussed this plenty of times at length, but this is good for right now because it'll help them make the playoffs. But simply put, like, Obi Toppin has not played a minute at center this season, which is a position he you're going to want him to be able to play in the future, I think, in some capacity. And he plays like eight minutes a game. So, And then Emmanuel Quickly is a guy who's had some really good games but then gets 14 minutes the next game. And even if he's shooting well, that's all he gets. So it's one thing if you're one of the top three teams, I think, to be going with this strategy because you, the thought is that your time is now. But the Knicks are in the seventh seed right now. And simply put, like the expectation is still just to hopefully make the playoffs. But the problem with some organizations, the way they play it like this, is it doesn't help them in the future, and they just get stuck in the sand, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at just the box score from the first half against the Celtics tonight. Taj Gibson has 11 minutes. Um, yeah. Why does Taj Gibson have 11 minutes already? There's a reason no other team picked him up when he was not even on a team, like, right before the start of the season. I'd rather have them play a guy like Norvell Pell at backup center. At least he's younger and could be a piece moving forward. I mean, it's just, it just seems like Questionable. not beneficial to me. But I, I don't know. I mean, they're probably going to make the playoffs, so I'm happy for them. It's been a long time for those uh, Knicks and their fans. But it just I just don't love what they're doing, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean... Like I said, Obi Toppin, they refuse. It would kill them to put him in a couple minutes at center. I don't think he's played there all season. And even Knox was playing pretty decently to start the season. I don't see how you could possibly play him 
not give him any time instead of a guy like Bullock or Burks, who are both on one-year deals. But either way, um, that's real. I mean, another thing to note for me in this race is um, the Bulls. I think I'm. It'll be interesting to see because they've made probably the most moves at the deadline. Whether they could be quick rises, the problem is twenty-one and twenty-eight. They're kind of not in the best position to get really near the Celtics or Knicks at this point. Yeah, obviously it's a big deal um, acquiring Nikola Vucevic from the Magic. Um, but yeah, they're they're just a little. I mean, they're three only three games behind the Celtics and the Knicks right now. Definitely possible, but a lot of teams to climb. Unlikely. Yeah, I think the big thing for the Bulls would be getting a guy they really trust at point guard next year, and then I think this is a really good team because Vucevic will still be there. Yeah. The Bulls are definitely, definitely should be a playoff team um, next year, I would say. Right. And it's still possible, obviously. They're going to be fighting a bit, I think, but they still should at least make the play-in game, which will be really good for them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, at least making some capacity to get the experience Mm -hmm. um, for some of the younger guys should be good. Um, But they, I, I think it'd be tough for them to climb into that top eight, which is the the old, like, kind of traditional playoffs before um, the bubble, obviously. Right. And then, obviously, um, yeah, I mean, there's not much else to really say there. We'll talk about the West race at some point, but we just had something on his mind. It's about uh, Mr. Hinky, who had an er- anniversary, <laughs> I believe, right? Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday was um, the five-year anniversary, I guess, of um, him resigning as... Um, the Sixers GM, um, yeah, um, it just, I mean, it's kind of crazy. He was the GM for the Sixers for less than three years. Um, it's kind of crazy to think all the effects he had on the league in less than three years. Um, something, some, some of his um, things he said in his res- uh, resignation letter were pretty funny. Um, he nailed, one thing he absolutely nailed, he said they had they had four they had two late round picks like after fifty, and then two undrafted free agents who he said all four of them would stick in the NBA and have um, career, uh, good NBA careers. Um, these four players: T.J. McConnell, Rashawn Holmes, Christian Wo- um, not Christian Wood, Jeremy Grant, and Robert Covington. Um, obviously, we see all four of these guys still having an impact in the league to this A serious day. impact. And I mean. All of them are kind of starting caliber players. Maybe T.J. McConnell, not as much, but um, I mean, I, I mean, he nailed it. He nailed those four guys. It's kind of crazy to think about um, just being able to evaluate talent that no everyone passed on multiple times, and then saying these guys are going to be good, and then five years later they're all good. Uh, it's it's something. Yeah, and um, there are old, also multiple other guys who are on that terrible Sixers team that he assembled who are really good now. Yeah, Christian Wood, the obvious one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, obviously, there were some misses um, drafting, but that, that's going to happen. But um, for the most part, um, Sam Hankey changed the landscape, landscape of the NBA. Um I mean, look at what the Thunder are doing right now. 
Um, and then the, the the ironic thing for me. Oh, here it comes. Is that the Thunder get the Thunder get praised for what they're doing right now, trading away all their good players, acquiring 14 billion draft picks, and basically saying Al Horford, oh, don't even play. We we want to lose, so don't even show up to work. <laughs> well, when the Sixers did that five years ago, um, quite the different reaction. You have uh, people saying it. This it's not. This is not how sports work. And then the NBA forcing the Sixers to, to fire Sam Hinkie. Um, just kind of funny how that works. Um, what do you want to say to Adam I mean, Silver, Reed? Just I mean, tell Adam us. Silver's a fraud. We all know it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting on an apology for him for um, having Brian Colangelo take over the Sixers and then Ellen having Brand. him on burner accounts on Twitter um, <laughs> criticizing his best players. Um but I mean, hey, uh, I mean, Brian Colangelo doesn't have a job in the league right now. So, um, I mean, the expectation should be that Sam Presti will be forced out of a Thunder organization this off season. Um, Brian Colangelo can take over there. Um, I think that should be the expectation this summer, based on past uh, moves and uh, past. Um, um, I'm not. The, uh, I'm not sure the word I'm looking for here. Um, but whatever. Past um, events. Yeah. So that should be. Past events, yeah, there you go. Um, so that that should be the, here, the expectation this summer, I would think. You think that's going to happen, Reed? Do you think that's going to happen? I mean, like you said, based on past events. <laughs> the I, the way tanking is looked at has certainly changed, is what I'll say. Um, many people argue it's less effective because teams like the Pelicans and Grizzlies got the dra- top two draft picks. Um, just the other year to get Zion and John Morant, who are franchise changers. But simply put, you need to be really bad to even have a chance. And most teams know that's the only way. And um, not only did the Sixers do this and get guys like Embiid, but they were able to make even better picks um, in terms of with guys like, um, like Robert Covington. So it's just funny to see how this... Uh, management pick for the Sixers really ended up changing sports and NBA specifically of how like these picks are valued and how tanking can occur, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, every time you see a star player traded, um, now it's for picks. Teams want picks, they value picks. When even like less than 10 years ago, um, when you traded a player, you got other players in return. Um, it was never about trading for picks. Picks weren't valued. Um, it, it, it's really kind of crazy how a th- less than a three-year span um, just really changed the league permanently, really. I mean, um, now Daryl Morey, um, the Sixers president of basketball operations, um, I mean, he's he's the Sam Hinkie. He's analytically, he's like, he's like a Sam Hinkie mold, and uh, and you're going to see more GMs like that moving forward because that's the way basketball is thought of now. I mean, we even see it with the three-point shot now. Um, I mean, threes are so much more valuable than twos, so teams shoot a ton of threes now. I mean, the evolution of basketball has really, really been crazy over the last, I mean, less than well, last five years, and it really kind of started with the whole the process, really. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting point you bring up with the threes. It's like when you cheat against me in darts, you always go for the 19s, but you always land on the 57s somehow because 57 is better than 19. Uh, Reed cheats in darts, guys, is the point I'm trying to make. 
the point I'm trying to uh, the, what I just heard basically was that you're just you're not good at darts. I mean, I literally just shoot. beat you, but okay, tough guy. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll we'll play after this. So we'll, oh, we we'll will. Reach um. guys. <laughs> Let's move on to baseball. We got a few notes to talk about. We talked about the All Star game, I believe, last time. We also mentioned Tatis injury. Um, see, doesn't seem like a season ender, but given what happened, I was a little off with my elbow injury. It was a left shoulder injury. Apparently, it's separated. It's gonna definitely cause an IL stint of some length, but this is kind of the best case scenario, and we'll have to see how the Padres can stay afloat without their best player. Yeah, I think I think the Padres will be fine for the most part. Um, this, this is a team that's got plenty of other hitters in that lineup, a great pitching staff. Um, they'll be able to survive without him. Um, but obviously great news that it won't be season-ending. Right. Um, because I think they'll need him to make a playoff push and potentially win a World Series. It's kind of how I felt about the Yankees last couple of years. Um, they've had a lot of injuries in the regular season, but they're – just about 90% healthy for the playoffs, which is where it really matters. Another team on the brink of destruction right now is the A's. Mitch Moreland saved them today with a walk-off RBI hit. I know he carried the Red Sox uh, in tw- <laughs> a couple years ago. I was a big part of that World Series team. Um, one of my favorite players in baseball currently. Um, He's been doing really good with the A's. The rest of the team stinks, quite simply. Uh, A's did not have a win before today. I believe they are 1-5 now. Um. With the Astros and Angels playing so well, it seems like they're on the brink of destruction here. Yeah, they're 1-6, and six, and I'm looking at their game for tomorrow. They're starting Cole Irvin tomorrow. Me? Um, Do Cole you know Irvin who that is? One of the worst pitchers I have ever seen in my life. He's been on the, he was on the Phillies. Oh, he was on the Phillies. Several <laughs> years. He maxes out at about 85 miles per hour. Um, Reed, he's you want, absolutely horrible. Reed, you want to know a fun um, fact? What? That is the guy they picked to have them in rotation over guess who? Um, I AJ Puck. AJ Puck is in the minors, so this man can start MLB games. I think I think Puck is in the majors. I think he's in the the bullpen actually, but um, either way, pretty disgraceful. <laughs> um, Cole Irvin had a seventeen point two ERA last year. That's um, pretty good. You don't see yeah, numbers like that um, anymore. His, his his MLB career ERA is nearly seven. Um, no disrespect to him, but um, the man can't, can't play. play. <laughs> Smith. Um, the fact that he's in his rotation is I I'm criminal. Honestly, it's I, actually I'm criminal. Honestly speechless. I'm honestly speechless. Is and simply put, um, replacing Marcus with Elvis Andrews, um, it ain't working, guys. It is not working. Yeah, I mean, the A's just, uh, I kind of expected them to be worse, but they might be worse than I even could have imagined. They might. They have a guy like Cole Irvin in the rotation. It's legitimately possible for them, this might be a little bit over, of an overreaction, but it's legitimately possible for them to be fifth in that division, I think. Um, I don't know about that. The Rangers are pretty bad, but it, it, it's looking like it's possible right now. Um. Definitely the likelihood, I think, of them finishing fifth is higher than them winning that division, which obviously they did last year. Yep. Um, then we're just going to talk about a couple other teams that have had good stretches lately to wrap this up. I'm going to start with the Reds. Um, Chad Cole had one of the worst starts ever today, giving up five innings in one... Giving up five runs before getting out of the first <laughs> inning. 
Reds have been incredible offensively. Tyler Naquin somehow has four home runs to already this year, I believe. Reds, I said, had a chance to make the playoffs, and I thought it was going to be led by the pitching, but their offense has been great. And once they get Sonny Gray back, I expect this team to make a little bit of a run. It makes things interesting in that central. Yeah, Nick Castellanos has been um, I told you. incredible. I told you, Reed. Season. Um, yeah, he's one of my guys. I got him in a couple of my fantasy leagues. Because I told um, you to. I don't know about that. I, I know. Um, <laughs> but, um, I mean, yeah, the Reds are still good. Um they don't really have a shortstop, which is I told you dumb, I was upset about whatever. Suarez playing short, but yeah, but yeah it, it's it's a little a little crazy. It's a little embarrassing, um, I think, yeah, to the team. Obviously, yeah, obviously a lot of power too, but um, they still have a good rotation, um, and I can I can see them competing with the Cardinals, um, and maybe the Brewers. Uh, not the Cubs, though. The Cubs stink, guys. Yeah, the Cubs are not very good. The Cubs I didn't are going to be very good, and they're not very good. The Cubs are being out hit by pitchers, guys. By pitchers. Yeah, that's not not great. That's not um, really the goal. Not ideal. We got um a couple more teams to talk about. Um, the Rays, the Rays and Red Sox had a good series. Um, that just wrapped up today. The free game on YouTube today. Um, just watch out for those in the future because they're a great way to watch just random games during the week. Um, Red Sox win the first game with a great start by Nick Pavetta, my guy. Um, second game in the series, Martin Perez gives out a really good start as well. Red Sox trailed three times in this game after the ninth inning and still managed to win on the J.D. Martinez walk-off double. And today, Nate Evaldi had his second straight dominant start, and the Red Sox pulled this one 9-2, to two, I believe. Um, for the Red Sox, their rotation, everyone was worried about their rotation. It's been incredible outside of Garrett Richards so far, who had one, the only bad start. I don't think anyone has given up the more than three runs outside of Garrett Richards, and there was only Tanner Houck, who has just been opting to the minors because, because Eduardo Rodriguez is coming back, who's the guy who's supposed to be the ace of this team for now. Um, I think there's a lot to be encouraged from after the series. The rotation has been really good. The bullpen has been... I'll say decent for the time being. And the offense is really starting to come alive. J.D. Martinez, Christian Vasquez, and Bogarts have been some of the best hitters in baseball so far. Yeah. Um, uh, starting out the season getting swept by the Orioles and then turning around and sweeping the Rays is um, certainly a way to start the season. It's a way. Um, if anything, you would think it would be the opposite. But um, whatever, I guess. Um, something to note about the Cubs. I'm looking at the box score. Um, Brandon Workman blew the game for them today. Um, oh, we know about that. You mean the two? Wait, do you mean the two-time World Series champion, Brandon Workman? Yeah, the guy who had a nine-year right last year. That's the one. <laughs> Speaking of Brandon Workman, let's talk about his former team that he really showed up for last year, the Phillies. Uh, off to an incredible start. Yeah, um, another another good win today. Um, the bats finally broke out today. Um, four and eight runs against the Mets. Um, I wasn't ever concerned about this offense. I mean, they kind of they, they got kind of screwed a little bit by the Mets not playing a first series. Um, they had to face for uh, Freed, Morton, uh, and Ian Anderson, and then Degrom right after. And Stroman. Um, yeah, and Stroman too. So I mean. 
anytime you're facing those five pitchers in your first five games, I don't think you really expect a lot of offensive production. Literally a near um, all-star today, rotation out the gate. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but today the bats really broke out. Um, Hoskins has been on fire to start the season. Um, my take that he's going to be the best offensive player on the team, looking pretty good. Um, he homered today. Real Muto homered today. And Bohm homered today. Um, all great signs um, from those guys. Uh, Harper had a, a couple great at-bats, nearly homer, hit one off the top of the wall. Um, yeah, I mean, this this team is, I think, I think we're, I'm set up to watch um, at least a team competing for a playoff spot, if not maybe even more, um, which is, which is something that I'm looking forward to after um, the last long time of not great baseball. Yeah, I mean, Phillies are really fun to watch so far. Um, anything else you want to throw in on any teams right now in the MLB? Um, Judge. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Is not play out of the lineup today with um, apparently not a big injury, but with him and the Yankees, I'm not trusting that. So something to keep an eye on there. Um, I mean, they made it five games without an injury, so that I guess is more than. I mean, we might have expected. Paxton um, went down with injury, can't. too, last night. Yeah, yeah. It was that um, young pick. Um, sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, the Yankees just have to stay healthy. I mean, they just have so many guys who are consistently hurt, and it just it's not a way to sustain success um, with your top guys going in and out of the lineup um, all the time. True. True, true. Another thing I want to uh, touch on real quick is the Braves uh, swept the doubleheader of the Nationals today, so they appear to be back on track um, after their 0-4 start. I mean, they played the Nationals, but yeah. I mean, some people think the Nationals are good. I know we're, we're not um, I am not one of those people. people but. I looked at that opening day roster, and I swear I only saw four actual MLB players. I know Josh I mean, Bell... I've and, uh, been trying to tell people the Phillies are significantly better than the Nationals. Um, I know I just don't think it's close, but some people do. So, and even if you add Kyle Schwarber and Josh Bell, who haven't been playing out into that roster, I don't see more than six MLB players here. I really, I really don't. I mean, Ryan Zimmerman was batting fourth yesterday. That's my take of the day. And I mean, the top of their rotation is good with. Um, Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, but um, I don't personally even know who their four and five guys are, and their bullpen isn't real great either. Um, it's not what you want. Team isn't good. I said it's not what you want. The team simply, I don't think, is very good, and it would take ridiculous seasons out of all their top six players to even have a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I agree completely. Um, neither one of us were very high on this team, and I just. I just don't see it with them, quite frankly. All right. Um, if you have nothing else, I guess I'll back, get back to watching the Celtics. You have Romeo Langford in the starting lineup tonight. Oh, it's misery. It's really misery. <laughs> um, one quick thing is um, I don't think Durant – oh, Durant did actually enter the game. Okay, he didn't play at all in the first quarter and a little bit, but he, yeah, was busy, he did enter. Yeah, he was busy DMing um, Rappaport. I told you. Yeah, true. Uh, uh, so he's played eight minutes, has nine points, and hasn't missed a shot. So um, Yeah, he's back. 
Um, I, I guess, I mean, the Nets have 79 points at halftime without James Harden. So um, that team is pretty good, I'd say. Yeah, I think that's a fair take. You know who's not pretty good? Who? My buddy Kemba Walker. Anyone want to trade for him? He's he's going to be available, guys. <laughs> Buy him out. The Nets will sign him. <laughs> oh, Isaiah Thomas came back last night, and we I saw tons of stuff on Twitter after his 3-for-5 start, but not anything else after as he finished 4-of-13. So. Yeah, he's 1-of-3 right now as well. Um uh, we we talked about this. We kind of expected this. Um, not really big news, I wouldn't say, but yeah. All right, I'm gonna go watch Romeo Langford start for the Celtics. So thank you all for listening, and have a good one. <laughs>